give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico yeah, here we go. Uh, time for the news from Latin America. I'm delighted to say we're joined by uh, Jonathan Bonfilio from uh, Mexico, Campeche in Mexico. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. From a freezing cold uh, Mexico, nighttime temperatures are dropping to 23, 24 wow. degrees Celsius. I'm wearing a jumper for the first time in the second half of this year. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to go out and buy a jacket, Martin. Wow. That is an amazing development. Well, I thought, you see, I thought people went, uh, I suppose different parts of Mexico, but I know Jeff Peters, who, uh, talks to us usually on a, on a Sunday morning, um, with, um, you know, championship football and all that. Um, he's gone to Mexico for a holiday, but I presume he's gone to one of those beach places. Yeah, look, I mean, we're in one of those, you know, tropical beach places. I guess, you know, if, if you come from below zero, then 23 to 24 degrees Celsius at night. Is, uh, is still balmy and uh, yeah, soothing, so, yeah. but for for those of us who are used to 40 degrees, this is the the cold, shivery time of year. And before 8 or 9 a.m., you walk the streets of of Campeche uh, in the mornings, and everybody is is trembling and shivering and getting to their destinations <laughs> as quickly as they possibly can. It's semi ridiculous, but there there we go. Yeah, it is. I, you know, I was thinking of 23, 24. I was thinking of Fahrenheit, and I oh, thought, centigrade. yeah, I thought surely it doesn't get below uh, below zero no. at this time of the year. No. Um, no. Well, good luck with those uh, terrible conditions, 23, 24 Celsius. Um, Thank you. I'll do my best. Yes, do what you can. Tell me about uh, Chile, where there there's a vote uh, to impeach uh, the president. Yep, really interesting. This uh, we don't talk about. Uh, Chile much, but certainly has been dramatic over the course of the last uh, week there because the lower house has voted to impeach the president. And this is all to do with the president, Sebastian Bineda, uh, a very uh, un- unheralded, unpopular guy there now as of a, a few years ago, all to do with the Pandora Papers, which revealed financial impropriety amongst uh, the rich and famous internationally, internationally, Cal Surprise, uh, of course. And this relates specifically to the sale of a massive company in Chile through his children uh, for a sale that um, took place through the British Virgin Islands, uh, British off- offshore territories, overseas territories, mm. again, not coming off you know, particularly well in these in these stories, which basically meant that very little tax, if any, uh, was paid. And it was particularly dramatic because it looked as though the president was actually going to get away with it because it, um, the the opposition didn't have enough votes to impeach him, in particular because there was one senator who was uh, quarantined for covid but then another senator stepped up and made a 15-hour non-stop speech to give the first senator time to get get out of the uh get out of the covid quarantine and come and vote so he extended the session as a result and then uh, the vote went through to to impeach him so that that now goes through to the upper house and we'll see what happens there but in in, in a broader context the presidential election in chile takes place uh in in a couple of weeks his his term ends in in March, but certainly, you know, whether it be with the massive protest that took place uh, two years ago across the country or um, or COVID, Pineda's term in office is not going to be uh, well regarded uh, in future years. Yeah, indeed. That's a, a prime example of filibustering, isn't it? There? It is. Yes. Stand, yeah. stand and deliver. Read from a script and just keep going as a measure of your stamina. 
yeah. how long can you go? And this guy went on for 15 hours. Oh, Presumably yeah. he would have gone on for longer, but he, he reached the 15 hour mark, which is what he needed to let the other guy come out and, uh, and, and, and vote for the, for the impeachment. Right. Um, now, this is my favourite story from Latin America this week, was the uh, Peruvian family um, who found that uh, they, they bought a puppy um, suspiciously cheaply, I think, um, because <laughs> it wasn't really a puppy, was it? No. This is, as you say, this is one of the favourite stories of the year. It's going to make our top ten edition over the, the, uh, the Christmas period when, when mm. you and I talk, but they thought they bought a husky. They called it Run Run. Uh, they took it back home to their rural community, except for uh, the, the husky, the purebred husky that they thought they'd purchased, uh, began to go a little wild mm. uh, and began to traumatize, uh, terrorize the neighborhood, uh, attacked chickens, ducks, turkeys, guinea pigs. There's one elderly lady uh, who is pictured weeping uh, as she explains how her guinea pigs, I don't know how the uh, the, the husky in inverted commas found that got to the guinea pigs, but anyway, it turns out that this um, that this husky was in fact an Andean had been, had been sold an Andean fox, which is not a fox at all. It's uh, more related to wolves and jackals, and uh, looks absolutely nothing like a like a husky. And it made me feel for all those families in the UK that think that they have a purebred Guernsey cow in their in their back garden, and they're all going to be, start worrying now that in fact they've been sold a Jersey uh, heifer instead of a <laughs> A Guernsey a cow, but I suppose the upside is that none of those cows are busy, uh, you know, tearing through yeah. the neighbourhood, uh, eating small children. I'll tell you what, um, what particularly um, interested me about this was a bit. Uh, after a few weeks, they found it was impossible to train the animal. Uh, as you say, it was running about uh, out of control. The father also noticed uh, its urine and feces had a strangely strong scent. Not, not what you're looking for from the family pet, is it really? No, it isn't. And I've seen some of the videos of this, uh, of this Andean fox. And you know, when you see, you know, there are some domesticated animals and there are, they give you a certain look and it's kind of, oh, you know, here I am, you know, we can be friends. And then there are other wild animals that give you a very different look, yeah. which is, you know, to you kind of look. And this Andean fox definitely has that, you know, that side eye look. Uh, to camera, which basically says, you know, what on earth am I doing here? Yeah. Uh, get me out of here. I want to be going and doing some other stuff. I suppose when it, when it was little, when they bought the uh, the Sandian fox, it's difficult to tell. It's as they as they older, they you know they uh, become more um, you know more. I suppose they revert to type as they become older. Yeah, I, I guess all you know all youngish animals. I mean, it happens. You know, the, I guess the most famous stories that we hear about this is with. Uh, with with big cats that when they're small and people buy them or whatever, or they um, they, they invest in them, there's no big issue there at home and they're kind of you know kitty catty. Mm. But then they get begin to get bigger and bigger and then uh, uh, what do you do, what do you do about it? It actually reminds me of a which had ridiculous you know massive architecture uh, in the shape of a castle and had a bona fide uh, lion tied up at the at the gates which fronted onto the street. Wow. Um, you know, and this lion had a range of, I don't know, 
five, six metres to its chain. It was definitely one of those things where you walk on the other side of the pavement. Yeah, not surprised. Uh, so, uh, just finally, uh, as far as sport goes, uh, all very excited about uh, Canelo's uh, win uh, last weekend. And, uh, you know, he's su- such a remarkable boxer. Very hard to find anyone to uh, for him to, to fight uh, now. And uh, really a hero where, where you're from. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, even more broadly, I mean, certainly Mexico is, is, uh, giddy and hysterical over Saturday's the first undisputed world super middleweight in history. Um, and it's incredible that he actually managed to clean up the division in only 11 months. And, and basically the world is his, his oyster. I mean, what does he do? Does he stay in the same division? Does he go up a division? Does he, does he move to, you know, to mixed martial arts or anything like that? I was just looking at his stats. I mean, there's so much of his stats that are absolutely amazing. But we spoke, when we spoke last week, we just said about how much he fights, which is mm. completely unprecedented for a modern boxer. I mean, he, he made his professional debut in 2005, aged only 15. And since then, so if you fast forward 16 years to now, he's up to now 60 fights. So he's been fighting, oh, he's been having four major fights a year then and now he's just ins- insatiable and in the quality of the guy and also generally i mean the last couple of bouts he's been um he's been a little bit grumpy building up to it but generally speaking he's very much you know he keeps himself to himself he's he's very uh sanguine about everything very very level-headed and he just goes on and he has supreme faith in in his in his own ability and for you know whether it's pound for pound um the best fighter alive today or or even historically, I mean, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, whatever he whatever he wants to do now, he can do. There was an article I was reading a couple of days ago which was saying something along the lines of, well, he's not represented by promoters at the moment, so there's a window of opportunity. But that's because the guy has so much power that he doesn't need to be represented by, by promoters. He represents himself, and he can basically make whatever deal he wants. He can put it on the table, and he's going to make it. Yeah, absolutely. Just before you go, uh, John, we've got a text here which says 23 degrees. Oh, the poor mite. Get the Red Cross to send him some thermal underwear. So, <laughs> so there that you are. That would be nice. Shall I, shall I provide an address? <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> uh, John, as always, thanks uh, ever so much. Uh, I won't be here next week or the week after, but I'm sure somebody um, will talk to you uh, next week and, <laughs> and be in touch. But it's, uh, it won't be me for a couple of weeks. Uh, but look forward to um, coming back and talking to you again. Thanks uh, ever so much. Is it another wedding in Scarborough? No, uh, <laughs> I'm going to um, Washington. My daughter's at working. Oh, your in, daughter? Uh, yes, she's working in Washington, D.C., so uh, uh, I'm going to spend a couple of weeks with her. So it'll be, uh, be nice for me, whether it'll be as we'll nice wave. for her or not. I don't know, but it'll, it'll be <laughs> we'll wave over the water. Indeed, absolutely. Thanks a lot, John. Take care. There we go. Uh, Jonathan Bonfilio joining us from uh, Mexico.